0: Uh, we're we're, <laughs> we're moving. No, It'd never be. This place is this is a spot. Um. So first of all, okay. So next, this month is kind of weird, right? It's kind of like today was like the third Friday, kind of, or it's actually the second, but it feels like the third because this month started on a Saturday. So. Normally next week we don't have a study, correct? Because it's the third Friday, it's normally the women's night. So we are going to have a study because the women are not going to meet that day. So next week we do have a study. And then the Sunday after that, we have the bonfire, which is debris and barbecue normally. So, normally, how when we don't have a study on Friday, but we do have the brilliant barbecue this week, next coming week, we're going to have a study and we're going to have the barbecue. Because the following week is the actual women's thing, and we're not going to do anything that week. Get it? Unless you guys want to, I'm down. Or you could just
1: be a girl and go to the women's thing. No, you're not. It's Beth. <laughs>
0: Beth Moore deal. It's all right, Love that. I- Movie night. <laughs> so wait. Vote. Do you guys want to do something like two weeks from Friday? No? Yeah, No, I would say movie day. I told Movie YouTube movies, Sam and wait. Sam? Sam and Zach. Zach. Okay. I was yeah, I know. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Um We'll get at you guys on Facebook. <laughs> It'll just work out that way. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, we all clear. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Today is the fourteenth. Yeah, the twenty. The twenty eighth and twenty ninth is the Beth Mordiel. Twenty eighth. And 29? Okay. Yeah. Alright, so we're clear. Next week we have study on Friday, bonfire Saturday, Sunday, and then the week after, nothing. Alright, we good? Cool. Now let's get into the reason why we're here. First John, chapter deuce. Um last week was pretty cool. We got a lot of facts, a lot of facts out of the study. Um and I just broke them down. I, I ended the study with those facts, but uh it's so good to just retake those in going into what we're gonna go through um in this next study. And we read these things. If we say that we know him, we must keep his commandments. If we keep his word, Truly the love of God will be perfected in us. If we say we abide in him, then we must walk as he did. Uh, to say that we're in the light it requires us to show evidence thereof, right? It's not just like we say, Oh yeah, I walk in the light, but there's nothing showing from it. Uh, those of us that love our brethren, those of us that love the people, the Christians around us, uh we abide in the light and we walk in the light. Um, and those of us who hate the brethren, those of us who are sowing discourse and sowing division between the, the brethren, they walk in darkness, they're blinded by darkness, and they have no purpose. They don't walk, they, they're walking blind men, pretty much. So, bottom line, these, all these things, you know, are either active or inactive in our Christian walk. As we go about and we do our thing, whether we're at work or whether we're at school Whatever it might be, if we work at a church, you know, these things are either active in our lives or they're inactive in our lives. You know, either we're stale, we're going forward, we're staying still, or we're even digressing. We're going backwards from from the goal. So we have a choice. Um, we have a choice whether, as we talked about uh, from the Gospel of John, to abide in the in the vine, you know, because we can't do anything of ourselves, right? We can't do nothing apart from him. So, we either have that choice to abide in him and let him work through us, or we have the choice to not do anything. And he's not going to do anything cuz we're not we're abiding in our own works, we're producing what we can produce man's production. We're we're doing everything unto us, and we know that all that stuff perishes. So, where do we go from there? John doesn't leave us hanging, you know. We after we have these commandments. Now then, he starts reiterating just a bunch of cool truths for us to just remember and keep in the back of our minds as we walk um, through this earth. You know, as we always talk about. I was talking about like two, three weeks ago of having that week. You know that you got saved. Just just like on on repeat in our heads. Just that week. Just reliving those few days you know when you first tasted that the lord is good you know it's a good thing to have that you know in the back of our minds because we'll walk in that joy we'll walk and you know how we walked we were really saved that first week weren't we you know it wasn't like you know we we weren't trying we were trying not to sin i remember i was you know i first got saved i was really trying i was like oh can't do that you know now it's just like oh well maybe uh you know uh i I, maybe I can go over there or maybe I could do this and that. You know, I'm strong, right? Well, we're going to counter some cool little nuggets here in the in the next couple verses. So let's pray. For, Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, that your word does not return to us void. Lord, we thank you that we don't act upon what we've done on, on behalf of ourselves, Lord, but we act upon the things that you've done for us. Lord, the fact that you came sin, as sinless, sinful, sinful. Um, Lord, you just came, Lord. You came just as a servant unto, you, unto your father. Lord, and you became sinful man. Lord, you, you, you became sin for us that we might not have to taste the repercussions thereof. And Lord, we just pray that tonight would we'll just be all about You, Lord. Lord, that we would just refocus our lives, and just tune into the things that You have for us, Lord. Tune into the the calling that You have on each one of our lives, Lord. And that we would just walk worthy of the cause, Lord. And Lord, we just thank You so much, God, that um, we don't act on our, on our ability, Lord, but we act. On what you've provided for us. So we ask that you would author tonight. And just write upon the tablets of our hearts Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. Whew. So. Verses 12 through 14. Let's get into it. It says John is is writing again. And he it seems as though throughout the entire f- f- book. This entire epistle. John just keeps reminding us like, why he's writing this stuff. Like, it's, you know... And it's not, like, deep theological stuff. It's just plain and simple, just little values for our Christian life. And it's, it's pure and it's holy. And it, it, it's not like... It's not like, you know, something that, like, how Paul talked to the Corinthians. It's not how Paul talked to, you know, in Thessalonians. It's just simple... It's like just driven by love and it's driven just by experience, by experiencing that time when he rested, you know, his, his face on, on Jesus' bosom. It was just like that simple, you know, just being next to Jesus, walking with Jesus, you know, and we know that it wasn't so for a time being, he was called one of the sons of thunder, you know, it wasn't like that. It took it took time for him to build that intimacy with the Lord where he could just rest upon his bosom, where he could go up to him and ask questions and just be at his feet. And just like that, you know, before when we first got saved, you know, we had we had a lot of questions and we had a lot of things just going. On. I I know I did personally. I had a lot of questions because I came from a Catholic background. I came from just religion and you know that wasn't enough it wasn't satisfying me it wasn't satisfying my soul so i did have a lot of questions and as the lord just started revealing to me everything through the gospels and you know as i got into the old testament like i i grew intimate with the lord like he knew me better than i knew myself he knew me like nobody else did You know, I was able to go up to him and share with him my secrets. Just my fears and just like the, just the darkness in my head. You know, the thoughts that I had, I was able to just be like, Lord, (laughs) I can't even talk because you already know what I'm going to say. Look at, this is what I feel. Here are my feelings. And just, you know. I had intimacy with the Lord and there was a time being where I lost that intimacy, you know, and I was just doing stuff and I was like, you know what, I I have to prove myself to man. I have to, I have to do, I have to be on every ministry team. I have to be um, uh, at every point of decision making for the church. I have to be there. I want to be there. I want to impact this church. With my, with my knowledge, with my wisdom, being only a three-year-old Christian. And, and I lost intimacy with the Lord. I really did. Like, He wasn't my homie anymore. He was just a friend of a friend of a friend. And, you know, I was working and I was just, you know, I still did my devotions, but I was just like, uh, like just dragging along you know and it was a season where like i realized how valuable the intimacy like how valuable that is like the intimacy i have with my wife like that's one level but the intimacy, the intimacy i used to have with the lord it was like a whole different realm and i had left that and i chose to leave it it wasn't like I was like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, oh, dang, he's way over there. You know, it's like I kind of chose to like step away from that intimacy and just walk in my own works. And, you know, like after starting to dive into this epistle and reading it thousands, hundreds, whatever times and just trying to get everything out of it, I realized that John had intimacy with the Lord. Like John really knew the heart of Jesus. And that's why he's writing all this stuff, because his relationship with Jesus was love. That's why he's writing about love. And so here we start verses 12 through 14. I'll start reading it. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. He repeats everyone, little children, young men, and fathers. And the way I broke it down, you know, totally thinking about baseball and stuff, you know, just uh, I can figure out like, okay, the little children, right? We have the rookies, the ones that just came out of either high school ball or came out of, you know, um, college ball. And those are the little children. Those are the people that just got saved. Those are the people that are young in their faith, right? And he's addressing those people. And then you have the young men, those who have already, you know, they've been in the big leagues already three to five years, and they're in their prime, and they're doing so much for their team, you know, a.k.a. church. And then you have the fathers, those who are already on the end, on the last stretch of their walk, those who are already, you know, going to be inducted into the Hall of Faith, if you want to say, call it that, you know. And you have these three people that he's talking to. And he says to the children, he says, you know, I'm writing to you because your sins were forgiven for his name's sake. Remember what I was talking about is that joy of your salvation. You know, keep remembering that. You know, he's talking about that. You know, that, that just I'm writing to you because your sins were forgiven for the name of Jesus. And also because now you know the Father, because you have known the Father, as in John, um, unlike the Pharisees, you know, in John chapter uh, eight, verse 19, it says, then they said to him, where is your father? And Jesus said, you neither know me nor my father, because if you've known me, you would have known my father also. They didn't know that Jesus was of the father's business. And all they had to do was know Jesus to know the Father. And this is what John's explaining, you know, to these little kids. It's like, hey, don't think that Jesus is different from the God that your parents believed in. You know, the, all these Jewish people that have been believing in, 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 in Elohim and, and in Yahweh throughout the entire Old Testament. And they've, you know, been passed down, you know, all these books you know, all these, all these doctrines, the pharisaical doctrines, you, you, we might say, you know. But the thing is, at age 13, these Jewish kids had to memorize the entire Torah. And now, think about it, how John just explains to them, it's like, hey, you know what? You know the Father, because you know Jesus, because you know that your sins have been forgiven for His name's sake. And then he goes on to to the to the young men. He says, those of you who have passed that initiation state, quote, unquote. You know, we all had this like little time where we were like, oh, I don't know if I'm really saved. You know, we get saved and then we're just like, okay, a year goes by. And you're like, am I ever going to fall away? Like, am I ever going to like walk away from, from this faith? Is this just a little time period? You know, in my journey, my sojourning through life, you know, there's a little time where where you're fragile, you know, and, and stuff stumbles you. Like weird doctrines stumble you, you know, like I used to talk with my father in law a lot, and he used to tell me, you know, one day you're gonna ask me all these questions, or one day you're gonna come back and you're gonna be like, Yeah, we talked about that one day. You know and the I remember the first movie that I watched like in full length was the Left Behind movie and I was like what in the world is this is a Christian movie this is based on the Bible he's like yeah isn't it cool and I'm like I don't understand any of this junk what is this you know and then like I was wondering why the black guy played the black guy part and I was like thinking about it that way I'm like wait a second is this weird and I thought about it that way Uh, or maybe that was a different movie. Maybe I'm tripping right now. But, like, I... Yeah. But, yeah, it was just weird watching, like, these quote-unquote Christian movies. Because I had no idea what was going on. And, like, I I didn't have knowledge. I didn't have the knowledge up here, you know, to be able to, to know these things. Neither did I care. Because why did I I didn't care because... I was, the only thing I was worried about is knowing Jesus. The only thing I was worried about is being intimate with the Lord. And I got there. I got that intimacy. But remember, I kind of walked away from it, you know, and then to the fathers, to those people that were seasoned in age, going back to our text, he, he writes to them because they have known Jesus from the beginning. They had known Jesus from back in the day or when he first came. You know when he first uh, his his ministry first started, when everybody was crowding to him. Maybe they were one of the five thousand that he fed. You know you don't know like exactly who he's talking to here. Imagine being in a church and like John's sitting there and he's maybe giving a, a sermon uh, on the feeding of the five thousand, and like half of those people were there. You know because this wasn't like past. It wasn't like a hundred years after. It was like about fifty A.D. 60 A.D. that this was written. So think about it like it's it's kind of weird how he how he directs. It's not weird. It's pretty logical how he points out these three people groups. You know, and it's a good thing. I I think it was very very logical. You know, as we talked about before that you know he knew that the skeptic was going to read this. He knew that the agnostic was going to read this book. You know, because this talks about love and the Gnostic doesn't want to hear love. He wants to hear facts and he wants to hear knowledge and he wants to hear wisdom. And when John just says, yeah, dude, but check this out. I love the Lord. Like I love God and, and God loves me and you can't get that with knowledge. The intimacy that you have with God doesn't come through Oh, I know the the four spiritual laws, or whatever you want to call them. Or I know, you know, I know the differences between the ESV and the New King James. Or I know this, thus, and so. It's not like that. It's like you only grow in love for the Lord by knowing Him, by being at His feet, and by growing intimate with Him. So then we get into verse 15 after these like three little exhortations you know to these three different people groups and we're all there you know we're all you know before you know i don't know sam and zach you know but for us here that i know really well you know we're probably in that middle middle area you know we're we're in that middle area and i bet you because you're going to school worship you're probably in that middle area too you know but we're all on our journey toward heaven you know we're all on a race And we're either speeding up or we're just jogging or we're just walking or it's just, you know, maybe we don't even care how fast we go. Maybe we're going fast because we think we can go fast because I can, you know, it's not about that. You know, we should be looking toward the prize and that's what should make us want to go faster, grow into deeper intimacy with the Lord. So verse 15 through 17 says do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world is passing away and the lust of it but he who does the will of God abides forever Firstly what does it say it says don't love the world Or the things in the world. Don't love the world. Please don't love the world. Why? Why why love the world? Why do we love the world? I love the world sometimes. I used to love the world a lot. I used to love the world a lot, a lot. It used to be my love that's who i invested in i invested in the things of the world i was a guilty by association of it i you know it was just it was i put all my trust in what the world could give me you know i i was all about it you know for 20 24 years i was all about it 23 years i was all about it and I was just investing and investing in, in, in everything I could get out of the world. And the one thing it couldn't give me was love. You know, the one thing that that I was in search for was love. And that's why this is such good good doctrine. is just do not love the world or the things in this world because they can't give you what you were made to give back. The world can't give you the love that is supposed to be reciprocated to God. You know, when you go and you're, you're everybody's in the, in looking for love. From either their parents or their friends, you know, who, from whoever. You know, the kids, that, the kids at Camp Allendale, they're looking for love. They're looking for someone to invest in them. And that's why we have people, counselors that go over there and they share the love of them. No, they share the love of Jesus. They go over there in the name of Jesus, that maybe that their sins would be forgiven them. That maybe they would just taste and see, yeah, that the Lord is good. You know, and when we begin to love the world, you know, and we're we're looking for love, we, we, we love it so that we don't just love something and just be like, oh, I don't want nothing back from you. You know, I don't love my wife and saying, oh, I don't really care if you love me back. I just want to love you. You know, no. You know how I was created to be. I was created so that I can love her. And then she could just love me back, just reciprocating that love. And that is a picture of Jesus loving his church so that the church would then love him. Right? Right. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He initiated the love that we would just reciprocate it, right? But the world can't give us that. We love the world, right? That's why it's saying if we lo- we try to love the world, it's not going to reciprocate anything back to us, but sin and death. It's going to be like, yeah, just keep coming to me. Yes, give me more. And it's just going to take and take and take. And then next thing you know, it's like it's asking for our souls. And then the people that, quote unquote, sell their souls to the devil. You know, we, we get to that point. We've given them everything, everything we've invested in the world. And then it's like, okay, now I want your soul. How selfish. How conniving. How, you know, just that. The world would just take and take and take. And who's the leader? Who is who is the ultimate source behind this na- that nature? You know, it's not Jesus. You know, it's it's from the pit of hell. You know, Satan just keeps pouring into you, giving you stuff that you may just ask for more. You know, then you start boasting in yourself. You know, and then you you start thinking about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and you're just like, yeah, that's nature to me. And it and it feels good. But it just doesn't it begin to just choke the spirit out of you. If you were once saved, if you go from being saved and then going into the world. I don't get that. I don't know how that happens. Uh, I I just can't comprehend it, but I know that we'll get into that in a second, but it's like the spirit is just like there, you know, you've, you've tasted, the spirit has been alongside of you as we talk about the three Greek, um, aspects of the spirit, the, the pair up, part of it as it's alongside of you it's going with you whether you're saved or not and it's convincing you of sin and righteousness right and then we go and then we actually say yeah lord you know come into my heart save me here i am and then it comes in us but then we decide to like reject it you know what happens there's a disconnection there but it's so good that like we yesterday you know uh, Alex taught a Bible study up here and he made it clear that the Lord is just always willing to fight for us. He's always willing to go that extra mile for us. He's always willing to go that extra round with the flesh. Because he knows that in the end, you know, the cross will always be victorious to the flesh if we let it. If we let the cross win, the spirit will always win. But it's up to us to decide what side we're on. We're either fighting for the flesh or we're fighting for the spirit. And it's a war. It's an all-out war, man. It's like MMA or something. It's like blood everywhere. You know, and but the thing is that God is willing to fight for us, for our souls, for our salvation. And, you know, He'll always keep pursuing us. Even though people choose to walk away, it doesn't end there. I feel bad for them because I was trying to walk away. In my heart, I I was just like, I had a lapse of drugs during my first like three months of being saved. And um, dude, it was my, I had the worst nightmares. Like I literally dreamt there was just wars in my head, good versus evil. And I was choosing to be on the evil side. And I would call my wife up. She was my wife then. Uh, we weren't even dating. But the thing was I'd be like, dude, this is not good. I need to, uh, you know, I had to repent. I was like, you know what? I lapsed. And all this stuff is going on in my head. And I need Jesus. I need to get saved again. Straight up. And she was like, What? Like, you're hiding this from me? Like, w- w- I thought we were friends and stuff. I thought, you know, you were going to church and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know, like I went and, you know, I did thus and so, and uh, I just, I'm done. I, I I have to choose today. I have to choose right now who I'm going to serve. And and I knew, like, when I got saved, I knew I was like, okay, Lord, you're going to, I I know you want to use me in some way or another, and it's going to cost me to deny my life. It's going to cost me to deny all my goals and everything that I'm about. And Lord, I I, I want that. I want to deny myself because I don't know what that feels like. I want to experience that. You know, I don't know if you guys want to experience those. I'm the kind of guy that wants to experience everything. And and I wanted to experience what it felt like to deny my flesh. Because for all those years, I had just been reaping everything. Just feeding into everything that I wanted. Like I said, I wanted to experience everything. So I tried everything. And I was not having no self-control in anything. And so... When it came down, when I heard that verse, pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow me, I was like, yeah, I want to know what that feels like. And dude, it was downhill from there, but you know, like it was an awesome trip, dude, because I never experienced a sobering in my life. I never experienced a, like just a, a clean heart. I never experienced that like just the work of the lord in in, in my heart i never i i i known that i at him as a savior but like as a lord like as a master you know i didn't know what that meant because i really hadn't given everything over and it took that time you know to really know what it meant to call him my lord my king my savior you know and it was a I, I liked it, but it, it took me to say, hey, I don't, I can't be of the world. I don't love the world. Before when I, I used to think, oh, well, I could still do this and that. But, you know, no, as John in John 15 verse 19 says, if you were of the world, the world will love you. The world would love its own. If the world loves you, that's a one little example of you loving it back there's a couple of things going on there I know and that's kind of weird but stay with me sometimes the world we we have favor with the world right sometimes like me at my job dude I don't know what it is but just God shows favor to me there like there's people that they see me and they attract they're attracted to me. And they they want to come work. I've received probably three or four emails of people wanting to transfer to my store. And, you know, I'm just like, dude, like, what's going on? You know, like, why? You know, and these people all know that I'm, you know, a Christian, that I teach Bible studies, that, you know, I, I go to church. They all know that. So why would these worldly people that are, like, totally in sin, which I know about, people that came up to me and boasted about their sin, want to work with me? You know, and I'm just like, am I something wrong with me? Like, am am I in sin? Am I like, am I loving them somehow? You know, when I read this verse, I was like, wait a second. Why? You know, no, it's because the Lord obviously wants to do a work in them. He obviously wants to touch their hearts. He obviously wants to show them what love is really about. And, you know, it's, It's tough. But sometimes the world loves us because we love it. Sometimes the world shows favor to us because we aren't teeter-totter. You know, we're kind of Christian, but we're kind of in the world, and we're kind of doing this and kind of doing that. And I've met Christians like that. i met Christians in, in business like that. You know, even people that like are above me, call themselves Christians and stuff and then, you know, they don't know that I'm a Christian when they come up and they're just like, uh, you know, they just start talking to me, just like, you know, normal conversation, they start talking to you and then all of a sudden something just slips, you know, and they just, oh, okay, cool, you're of the world, all right, cool, I I recognize that, I don't say that to them obviously, but I recognize it and then I say, and then they're like, yeah, you know, don't you go through that and I'm like, no, I, I don't, you know. I have no feelings for all the girls that work with me. I, you know, I love my wife. My wife is the only one that I can share that love with. And they're just like, what? So you're saying that you don't have thoughts or, you know, you don't go out with your team and go hang out to bars and drink and stuff. Well, and just, you know, tell your wife that you're going to be home late. No. Why would I do that? why 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 is she even my wife if i'm going to do that you know and these and then i'm like you know what dude this is this and then i just you know i i'm like you know what i didn't want to get to this point but you know what dude this is the deal i love jesus and they're just like whoa wait a second, (laughs) drop the J-bomb, you know, like, all of a sudden, we're just like, this is religious talk, we can't talk about this, I was like, oh, cool, but you can talk about your flesh, and all the other stuff that you're doing, and, you know, they get offended, you know, and it's just, it's a trip, it's really a trip working, working in a secular environment, But I know that God is just working through these people, whether I'm just carrying out my day, you know, and they see a book on my desk or they see a Bible on my desk and, you know, in my lunch, I'm just reading with my headphones on and I'm just like, you know, just doing business with the Lord, you know, and they're just like, dude, this guy's weird or something, you know, like he really is living out the Christian life like we're supposed to, but it's kind of simple and normal, you know, and it's just, it's a trip to see how they react, you know, and continuing in this text is, uh, in John, going back to that verse in John 15, verse 19, it says, if you were of the world, the the world will love its own, yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So, obviously, my boss's boss's boss or whoever I might encounter, they recognize a missing ingredient in my life that they obviously have evident in their life. Obviously, sin is reigning in their life. And obviously, I'm trying to suppress it. I'm trying to stop it from growing in my life. While they're investing in it, I'm like, no, this has got to stop. You know, and they they begin to recognize not only is that happening but like i the fact that i really love people the fact that you know i something happened in my life like like that's healed me i have a peace about living my life legitimately you know with rules and boundaries you know like people don't like rules and boundaries but when they see that in my life and they see me like committed to church or they see me like hey I have to get off at this time because I have a date with my wife or I have to get off at this time because I have to go to church. You know, when they see that commitment, like they're like, "Oh, cool." You know, they don't they don't frown on it. For some reason, they just don't. But they recognize that I'm set apart. They recognize a the consecration and you know, it's up to us whether we want to show it. You know, wherever we're at, it's up to us if we really want to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us. It's up to us. God wants to do that. We all can say yes and amen to that. You know, that God wants to do that. But since I have just, I know that I'm going to encounter just gnarly stuff at work. Like gnarly stuff at work. I know that that makes me want to love Jesus more. That makes me excited for my devotions. It makes me excited to be intimate with the Lord because I know I need it. Because if not, if I don't have that, if I'm just like, if I'm just like, oh, Lord, I'm just going to, you know, just pew potato status. I'm just going to go and I'm just going to do it lightly. I'm going to do the, you know, it's so funny, the applications and on phones, it says like the light version, like Facebook light. You know, it's like the, the miniature version. I'm just going to take the Christian walk light. You know what I mean? The low calorie version of Christianity. You know, it's like, dude, why would you want to do that? You know, like, it's so funny how God in the Old Testament talks about the fat of the sacrifice. And how it's just like juicy and how it marinates the sacrifice and gives it flavor that it may be a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. That's the kind of Christianity I want to walk in. Just in the fatness of the devotional life that I have with Jesus. Just a flavorful, just a, not only the meat, but the, the fat that grows around the meat that gives it the flavor. I'm not talking about being obese or anything. I'm just talking about, dude, the juice. That's what I want. You know, like the bacon. You know, the bacon of Christianity. You know, it's like, dude, it's the best. Hey, you know what? Side note, I found bacon floss. Dude, they sent us this package in T-Mobile, and it's jokes, right? And it's this floss that's flavored with bacon. Side note, totally side random. I know it's awkward, but we have this thing with bacon wrapped around hot dogs and stuff. Sprinkled with brown sugar. But, and... Little Sarah likes bacon. But bacon floss, really? They make that? Like, <laughs> that should be a sin, dude. And, like, it <laughs> smells like bacon, too. And I'm just like, oh, dude, this yeah, this is a... Wow. Bacon chapstick. Wow. <gasps> chapstick. Kind of like Burt's Bees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Burt's Bees. Like wow. <laughs> Go... Yeah, Google it. (laughs) So funny. But like we want I want to live in that, you know, because I know that, you know, as I just go forward with with the Lord and and I want to live in just the juice of of relationship with him. I want to live in that part where I can I can look and I could see the sacrifice and everything he did for me. And I could be like, Lord, yeah, but you rose again. And I need to live in that power. I need to live in that resurrection power. You know, it's just good to live in that power. Because that power will make you think about the eternal, not the temporal. Not the fact that Jesus just died, but that He rose again. Mm-hmm. And that He came back. And then He left so that we could have the Spirit, the Helper, the Teacher. You know, it's He did everything with the purpose. He walked with the purpose. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, John's trying to just communicate to everybody. And, you know, as we see here that the world is perishing. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it is of this world. The world is perishing. Everybody knows that. You know, the second law of thermodynamics. The world is decaying. Everybody's talking about global warming. Oh my gosh, what is going to happen? It's all gonna burn, right? You know, it's just it's not meant to be. Ever since the garden, it's just been snowball effect. You know, and we talked about that already. And you know, people wanna solve this problem, but they can't. You know, they talk about Mother Earth. They can't fix Mother Earth. They can try as much as they want, but they can't mend it. They can't put a band-aid on, they don't have a medicine to cure the second law of thermodynamics it's what it's meant to be because the bible said so it's all going on a it's a downward spiral and you know as people on their journey as they go and they figure out that hey okay i can't fix that problem so what am i going to fix next okay let's let's establish PETA and let's save all the animals you know okay you've done that you saved some animals now what you know at the end of one's life it's going to be like okay now what and they're still going to be just like looking for love. They're still going to be... Something's going to be empty. And they're going to want to keep satisfying with works and works and works. But then at the end of the road, it's all going to matter. Do they know Jesus? Has somebody went up to them? Has somebody tried to feed them with the bread of life? Have somebody Has somebody given them to drink the living water? And that's where us come into play. That's where us become active Christians and we go out and we show people we give them a plate you know they're on their deathbed and we don't bring them chicken noodle for the soup for the soul we bring them a glass of the living water and a full loaf of the bread of life Mm -hmm. they may just come on get well here it is there's a remedy get well soon you know and we're not talking about the temporal we're talking about the eternal get well That's what happens to us, right? We're sick with sin. We get saved and we just become healthy as we go along. We become healthy speaking, eternally speaking, not here on this earth. You know, we become more and more healthy. We begin to know the Lord more and more, right? And our spiritual health, it it almost gets to perfection Right, But we can't be perfect because we still have sin in us. And then we get to go to be with the Lord and there's where perfection is. There the love of God is perfected in us because we will see Him as He is. We will be like Him and all we will do is worship Him. And that's what life is meant to be lived for. You know, we're to right here on this earth just to reciprocate the love that God has given us has showed us we're to reciprocate it back to him. And then after that, okay, cool, we've done that. That's good enough for him. But it's not enough, right? We want more of the Lord. We want to experience the love to one another and then to everybody else. You know, through Jesus, of course, you know, God has called us to not be of this world. You know, but we're in it. So might as well just show people what's up. Show people what love is really about. And, you know, as we concluded earlier that our testimony is a witness that's for them or against them. Either it's, it's condemning them of sin, or it's encouraging them to be, continue in their walk with the Lord. To the world, it's condemning them. They're like, oh yeah, you have Jesus. Yeah, you're a so-called Christian yeah you don't you don't you don't go to bars or you don't you know go to these you know music festivals you don't do this and that no I choose not to because I know that my my salvation costs more to me because it cost the father his son that's why I choose not to go over there because I know my salvation is valuable to me I don't want to lose it you know as we talk about you know working out our our faith with fear and trembling you know i'm scared of that i'm scared of i'm scared of losing myself i still am to this day think about it i'm scared dude i'm like terrified of it i i don't want it i don't want i don't want there to ever be a point where i dethrone jesus from my heart i don't want there to be something to that comes into my life that will take him off the throne you know that's why I work out my, my, my faith with fear and trembling. That's why I, I don't think that I stand lest I should fall, as first Corinthians 10 12 that says, "I, I don't want to think that stuff, you know, and I have a problem with that. I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with boasting and stuff. and you guys need to pray for me, because that's, that's it right there. I like to boast i i confess that i like to boast and sometimes it's not just jesus you know i boast of jesus a lot but sometimes it's like you know i just act out of my own flesh and uh, you know it's just if you want to pray for me in one way just pray for that you know i i, I know that if if i'm going to if I'm going to be put into a position where I'm leading a flock, I don't want to do anything in my strength. And, you know, that's the crux of this whole, this, that's why this whole week was just nuts in preparing for this study, because I knew I had to deal with this. Because there's a sense of urgency, right? There's a sense of urgency in this walk, you know, as, as, As we go on in verse 16, it says, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. See, that, that, I don't want to be a part of those quote-unquote antichrists that go out from the church just to prove that they were not of the church. There's a serious danger with that. And it should strike every pastor with fear and trembling. Because you can go out from this church with a beautiful blessing and then go out and do something of the flesh and completely fall away and people will know that you are not of the Lord. It's happened. You know, everything's good on the surface. Everything's beautiful. Your marriage is looking great. Nobody knows of your problems and then you know you get sent out and they give you tons of money and they give you this call you know you're just like yeah you know just beautiful house that i'm buying over here and you know i'm doing this and i have this huge stadium looking church and blah 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 right and you go out and then what happens really the lord was not working in you you were doing it out of your own desires and look, now you have, you're have you struggling to maintain. You struggle to gain. You struggle to maintain. That's why I'm stoked that we have a little group, you know, because we're just here, and I'm not struggling to, to gain more and more people. I'm just like, Lord, let there just be a couple people. That way if I mess up, not that many people know about it. You know, that's what I'm stoked on, you know what I mean? And, you know, like, I, I just, this scares me. Because these people were sent out by the church, they went out from them, but they were not of them. because somewhere somehow they, they became Antichrist. And next week we'll begin to, we'll see what that means as we get into the fact that they denied the Father and the Son and and those who do not have the son do not have the Father neither. You know, we'll get into that. And that's a whole different lesson for another day. But man, it was just, you know, if people would just stick to the basics of Christianity and just fall in love with the person and work of Jesus Christ and just fall in love with that time, like be in love with that intimacy that you have with the Lord. Like, just like you, you fall in love with, you know, doing something different, you know, like whatever, fill in the blank. You know, fall in love with the intimacy that you have with Jesus. Fall in love with that time. Whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 2 hours, whatever it might be when it's just you and the Lord. Like, be in love with that. Like, look forward to that. I I want to, like, sometimes I look forward to that, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. You know, uh, dang, numbers again, really? You know, or, you know, t- Proverbs, I have to... You know, proverbs are good, but sometimes it's just like too much to handle. You can only read like one or two, and you're just like, "Oh, I'm full," you know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, man, if one thing that I got uh, that I miss, it and that I missed, you know, probably a good year ago, I got it back, and I'm so stoked that the Lord kept fighting for me, and you know, He kept. He kept pursuing me. And it's like, He kept reminding me of those times. It's like, remember when we were tight? We were like, You know, like, We used to, yeah, we used to just do it big. You know, we used to have like intimacy, like me and you communing together. Remember that? And I used to be like, Yeah, Lord, but... And then I filled in the blank. Somewhere where He wanted to be some something that he wanted to experience with me i just said you know what i have to take care of all this other stuff i i took him out of the center of my life and i put something else there and it just made me backtrack and it wasn't wasn't fun but the coolness is that after crying and bawling and just letting it all out you know it's like the Lord is so gracious and compassionate, so merciful, and just like he could have left me. He could have just been like, Yeah, I'm done with you. He could have. He if he wanted to. You know, he could he could he could have let go. But like Trinity, you know? Like when she was kind of upset that God would let go one day you know just like that like that's I had that sobbing in me and I was like Lord I need this I want this again you know I'm done doing everything for myself I've lost job after job you know every time I go and I and I try to do something for you I go to England and I and I do all this stuff for you I come back and I lose my job Lord what do you want from me he's just like dude get on your knees Deny yourself. Just stop what you're doing. Stop trying to do it by yourself. Your pride, let it go. All your works, just let it go. I just want to know you. I just want intimacy. Me and you, one-on-one, I want that face time. Every time you went and you try to do everything with something else, I want that time. That's what's valuable to me. And then when I let go, when I finally just realized, Lord, I, yeah, give it to me. (laughs) Dude, I'm so grateful that I was able to have that, like, that I was able to discern that God wanted that from me. Because some people would just be like, no. And those are the type of people that would go out from the church, seeming like everything's okay, and become antichrist in the end. So, fall in love with Jesus. That's it. That's the whole book, fall in love with Jesus. We could just stop here and forget about these next three chapters, but we won't. (laughs) Lord is good. Lord is really good. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you keep on pursuing us, Lord. You keep on fighting for us, Lord. You're you're willing to go that extra mile for us. You're willing to do anything, Lord. You're willing to die on the cross for us. You're willing to speak through us through a donkey. You're willing to use a prostitute. You're willing to use a lame man, a blind man. You're willing to use whoever it might be, Lord. Just to pursue us. To show us that you are powerful. To show us that you love everybody, Lord. But Father, you don't just love us that we might be just saved. Lord, that's just the beginning, Lord. Lord, you want to know us from the inside out. Lord, and I pray that we would want to know that of you. That we would know everything about your business, Lord. That we would know everything, every aspect of how you love, every manner of how you love. Lord, we want to know that. Lord, forget all these philosophies and all these, you know, commentaries. And Lord, they can't teach us to know you. Lord, we just want intimacy. Father, I pray for every one of us tonight. Lord, that tonight would be just a stone that we leave here in this place. That from this day forth, Lord, we seek to be more intimate with you. Lord, let from this day, Lord, we might just grow deeper in relationship with you, Lord. Lord, just how You show that picture through through marriage, Lord. Lord, and how You love Your Church, God. Lord, just that intimacy that should exist between Your Church and You, Lord. I pray that this little church right here, this body of believers, would have intimacy with You like that. Just how You were willing to show the vastness of Your love through the cross. Lord, I pray that we would have that love to reciprocate back to you. That it wouldn't be just a little thing, Lord, to deny ourselves. But that it would just be the beginning of just a long-lasting relationship. That we would work out our faith with fear and trembling. Lord, that we would only boast in you, Lord. We won't boast in our works or chariots and horses Lord but we will boast in the name of the Lord Lord that's where the power is in the blood and the name of Jesus Lord may that be our goal may that be the prize Lord just to know you more we love you God and just thank you for this time in Jesus name Amen Whoop.